0: I'm not pulling out of the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the Drive to Work, Coronavirus Edition. So I've been sitting down with Magic R&D of past and present to talk about sets we made together. So today is uh, R&D past. So Matt Place is here to talk about Zendikar. Welcome, Matt. Hi,
1: Mark. Glad to be here.
0: Okay, so uh, Zendikar is a set that that uh, is a warm spot for both of us. Both of us are, are very fond of Zendikar. Yeah. Um, and I've told the story of Zendikar numerous times, so I'm very okay. interested to hear through through your, like, what is your version of the story of Zendikar? I mean, I'll jump in, obviously. It is, it is my podcast, right. but um, so what is your earliest memory of Zendikar?
1: My earliest memory of Zendikar is you talking about this, I'm going to say four years, but you can correct me. Four years before we even started to talk about anything specific to Zendikar, you wanted a Lands Matters set, right? And you've been talking about this and uh, and honestly, regrettably, baby, I, I made fun of you, right? Like, I was like, oh, a lands matter set. Finally, in Magic the Gathering, lands are going to matter. Uh, but when you say it that way, honestly, it doesn't sound like, oh, yeah, I can't wait. We could do dragons, but instead we're going to do lands matter, right? <laughs> but it turns out, we, we had a few pitfalls we can talk about, but it turns out the end product was phenomenal, right? I think it got there in a way that it was like, yeah, lands matter is super fun, right? It shores up some of Magic's inherent core design weaknesses right in a really fun way um and i'd be curious what you think of this but i think it also what we learned and what we did right in zendikar impacted all magic sets going forward in terms of like how do you make you know the late game where you might be top decking worthless cards right lands that you don't need later how do you make that more meaningful what do you do right we in rise of eldrazi for example having cards that uh you know you have a lot of mana you could turn it into something right we'd always done that but zendikar did it
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. one of the things about magic that the audience should understand is when we do something and it succeeds, it shapes everything that comes after it. You know, mm. and especially if it really like, like Zendikar is one of the, like Zendikar didn't just kind of succeed; it was a giant, huge, awesome. yeah, big. Yeah. So it it definitely affected how things after it. There definitely is a a post Zendikar magic world where Zendikar affects things.
1: Okay, yeah, I'd be curious. I'd be curious which sets you think do that the most. Uh Oh, that for me, that Ravnica was a big
0: one. Oh, no, Ravnica's a big one? Yeah. I, I feel like that's a great topic for a different podcast, and maybe one day maybe <laughs> you and I can sit there and talk about what, what uh, most impact... That's a good topic. It is a very good topic. Yeah, not, today's, yeah. not today's topic, but a very good topic. Okay. Um, so right. I, will, I will have you back at some point. <laughs> we can talk about the most influential magic sets. That, that seems like a cool topic. Right. Okay, yeah. uh, so you were on the design team. Um, yeah, and the development team. And the right. development team. I so, was the liaison. Right, you, you were the... So, okay, so share with me okay so we asked you to be on this team you you were skeptical to start with yet we still right. asked for you to be on this team so what, <laughs> what was your memory of that of being of being asked on the team um well it's always an honor so my history
1: uh, so my first, I was I was on magic for almost seven years right around seven years and so I was brought on and my day one was hey Matt built some decks right so I was a play tester essentially right Balance person. Um, and then over the years, I got to lead some final designs and developments for sets. And then at the end, you started asking me on a few sets, uh, to be on the design team. And I think each of those times I was the liaison and, uh, yeah, and I loved it. Right. And it, and it was, it was so valuable to me as a designer, right. To see the beginning and the end. Right. And I, I think that's something that made me a much better designer. It's probably good for a lot of designers, uh, but yeah, the like you said, I was skeptical, um, but excited, right? Because I knew we would get to something great. And uh, but we did have some some
0: turns that were not very fun. We had some honestly, Mark, bad ideas that we well, put onto paper and play tested. So let, let me let me uh, put a little parameter in here. So we so we can talk about this part of the story. So yeah. I want to do lands matter. Not right. a lot of faith in R and D, but but I, I had <laughs> earned the right to try basically. And so Bill Rose, who's the VP, said. I think it was three months. You have three months to prove this works. If I right. don't think it's working, we're audible and we're changing to something different. We're not going to do this. So you have right. three you months the to, to prove to that it. Yeah, is the previous three or four
1: years there had been some audibles that were considered bad bad news, right? Like mm-hmm. when I first got there, the biggest one was uh, Champions of Kamagawa, right? It was essentially I was new and there was like a redesign. So it was it was. Uh, I just want to say it was intense, right? The feeling of like okay, we're trying something new. Is it going to work? There felt like there was a lot of risk there, and uh, for me personally, a lot of worry.
0: Okay, so that three months, basically, we no. just tried everything we could that had to do with land with land mechanics. So, what is your memory of of, the, of those three months? Of just we tried everything,
1: right? So, my memory is the uh, we didn't start with landfall, right? We basically had something that was uh, that had the same goal, uh, but just a much worse like, idea, like I was saying, which was. Uh, you're going to draw lands late, how do we make that matter, right? I believe you were the one saying that early, like we want lands late to matter in this format, right? Both for constructive, but especially for limited. It can make limited way better. And so, uh, for example, we had a design which was an enchantment that cost 3W, right? Four mana, white. Discard a land to give a creature protection from a color of your choice until limit turn. And so how good would this be in limited? Probably quite good. How fun is it? to hold your lands, knowing you might draw these cards, to not be able to cast your 6 mana spell because you make the decision to discard your fifth or sixth land, right? It turns out very unfun, right? But the goal was correct, right? <laughs> uh, so I forget exactly how we audibled into just land but I remember we were talking about it as kind of a version of have, have your cake and eat it too, right? Like, you still get all the value, why not just do that protection card? Or, for example, the more exciting ones, you know, make a giant beast, Every time you play a land. So, so to get all the value without the cost was way more fun.
0: Yeah, so the thing that got us there was we tried a mechanic where a land drop was a cost, where instead of playing a land, you could spend your land drop as a cost to do something. Um, oh, right, yes. And so the problem was I mean, it, it in concept, it's great, right? It's like later right. in the game, you have this resource <laughs> you can't use, so now you can right. use it. But what happened was, earlier in the game, you go, ooh, well, instead of playing this land, I'm going to use my land drop to do something else. And then it just it, – it caused you problems because you need – you really – the land was always what you wanted to do ahead of time.
1: Right, huge problems, especially if you, you know, you could trap yourself, right? Now I'm buying by two or three lands. It's just super unfun uh, when you have the cheaper ones.
0: Right, and so – then well, I guess we went to discard after that? Is that right? No, I think discard was before that because what happened okay, was we okay, said okay. – Okay, giving up your land drop is painful. So we just flipped it on his head. Well, what if instead of making you choose between playing a land or not playing a land, what if we just rewarded you for playing a land? Like we we said, what if we just, the thing to do, we want you to play the land. So let's just reward you for playing the land. Um, Because we were punishing you for playing the land. Like that's not working. And we flipped it on his head. That's where landfall came from.
1: I like how in hindsight, it seems so obvious. The point, like I'm like, what was <laughs> thinking? Oh my goodness. Uh but yeah, it's yeah, it's a wonderful mechanic. I don't know how, yeah. Uh and it tied in too to the kind of the theme that you've been talking about since the beginning, since before we started work on car right? Which was the uh kind of the explorer,
0: travel the land, right? The Indiana Jones vibe. I remember some of the early art being. Right, but Indiana Jones uh, didn't come face. yet. So so the the from so the okay. timeline we were first figuring out how to make lands work. Uh-huh. And Doug Byer was on the team. He was a creative yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. And Doug's job was, as we're trying to figure out what we're doing, try to figure out what this could be creatively. But Doug actually didn't come up with Adventure World until around, I think, the three, like, we were working on lands. We were oh, finally, okay. like, we got to the point where Bill had to sign off on it. And we had landfall at that point. And we played with Bill, and, and Bill sees landfall and goes, okay, okay we're, we're good. Like, Bill, Bill got it. We, we had figured out how to do it. Um, and then it was Doug that said, ooh, what do you guys think of Adventure World? Mm-hmm. And then we liked Adventure World, and then we then we built the rest of the set to match Adventure World.
1: Right, with allies who are the adventurers. Yes. You guys would go on to do better in later sets.
0: Right. I mean, the allies, yeah. the traps, the maps. We, we right. called them right. traps, maps, and chaps, I think was what we called them in design. Oh, funny. <laughs> um, funny. Only, only traps remain. I mean, maps became quests and chaps became allies. Right. Yes, maps. <laughs> I remember those too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. The, uh, a lot of what Zendikar is, I think, is, you know, it's, it, why is it so successful? And I think a lot of what it is, is things that magic players already know they're doing or the direction they already want to go, right, was focused on in this set. Right. Sometimes you take a risk in terms of mechanics where you're like, hey, we're going to go somewhere new. Let's see if people like it. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, right? But some of the biggest failures, obviously, in Magic are those twists that aren't loved, right? And I think what's great about Zendikar is, especially lands, landfall, right, lands matter, is you read these cards and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to play a land anyways, but I'm also going to get a giant beast for it, or I'm also going to get this other great thing, right? And there's ways to do it multiple times so I can find Johnny parts of this. Uh, but yeah, it's fun for me to look back and say, okay, why is this such a great set? Why
0: and, do the players love it? And we talked about earlier on, like how, how it affected the future, um, the idea of rewarding players for doing the thing they already wanted to do, yes. it, while it sounds like it sounds so crazy that like that was an innovation, it right. really like when we first pitched it, like people were like, yeah, but aren't people going to play lands? And I'm like, yeah, that, right. like that's the point, you know, it'll be right. exciting because they're doing it anyway. But you're right.
1: Some of the reaction is, but that's not new.
0: Yeah. Right. That doesn't sound new. I already play lands. Why is this new set fun? Right. And, and there was resistance. I mean, no. there was resistance. When we first talked oh, yeah. about landfall, the resistance was the idea of, the, like, like almost the absence of tension they thought was negative. Like, right. where, where's the decision-making? Of course they'll play land. Right. And I'm like, right. yes, that, that was the genius of it. Of course you'll play the land. Right. And, the, and the funny thing is, you all yeah. you sometimes don't play the land. Like, not in the early game, but, like, in mid-to-late game, you actually, like, one of the things <laughs> that happens in normal Magic is, I draw land in the late game, and it doesn't mean anything. And all of a sudden, it, it means something in a way that's really cool. Right. And there's, so there's definitely a decision there, right? Why play your eighth land?
1: Yeah. There, there's a very obvious reason why not to. And it's a really tough decision at the high level, right, with your fifth land, lane. You play it, but you don't have anything that's going on there. So there's definitely a decision making there. It's great when you find mechanics that when you first pitch them to other designers, they don't sound good. But the way that you convince them is playing. Like, yeah. That's almost like an extra bar of like, you know this is good. If it sounded bad, yeah. people are like, actually, this is pretty fun.
0: Yeah, Landfall. but thing about Landfall is people would like, be negative about it. And I'm like, yeah play with it. Play it. And they play it right. once and go, this is awesome. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> you know it's good, yeah. And, and what's great, too, is how simple it is, right? And we yeah. started, like we were just talking about, we started with, honestly, some convoluted, you know, <laughs> weird directions. And the same is true for uh, for maps and traps as well um we had some ideas that really questioned uh maybe you can remind me exactly what they were but i remember feeling like traps at some points were like well by, my hands hidden how are we going to do this in a good way that right. plays well and the refinement led to something that's much simpler that actually is also
0: fun so early traps for the audience yeah. uh you would play the card face down oh yeah and then if right. the card was face down it had a, a cheaper cost um, if if they if they trigger if they did a certain thing, then the the face down card co- you could cast for the face down cost if they did that thing. But you had to tell them you had a trap. But there were right. a lot of traps, so the audience would know, the your opponent would know there's a trap, but wouldn't know which trap, and they could look at your color mana and try to figure it out and try to play around it. Um, right. which but is it, a huge burden, both in terms of what are the rules to that? Yeah, right, exactly. And now that you have a face down card in play. Uh, similar to morph. It, it wasn't in play, by the way. I think it was Max exile, t- technically. Sorry, by but me. yes. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: have it face down on the
0: table, not in play.
1: and um. uh, Right, but that burden also has a big cost, right? Like, I'm trying to play, and you've got this face down thing. What am I supposed to do, right? That's a big cost, as opposed to just coming from your hand being the much smoother, cleaner design that could have been an alpha, right? Yeah. You could take one of these traps and put an alpha, and it actually makes sense. It doesn't need brand new rules.
0: And a lot of what happens, so traps is a really good example of you start with the flavor you're going for right. and, and then you just make all the crazy rules to make it work. And then you figure out what you like about it and then you start stripping things away and they're like, you know, it could just stay in your hand. Like that, that, That's, you know. Right. <laughs> Which once again might sound obvious in hindsight to, to a comedic
1: degree, but this is a great design lesson, right? One I didn't know, I would say in my first two or three years working at Wizards is following that awesome flavor, the excitement, right? The good vibes and then pulling back, right? Stepping back and going, okay, what pieces of this do we need and what don't we need? And how much better a design can be, and it can be hard, but how much better a design can be when you do strip away and you find you still have that goodness, probably a much better path to go down, right? And so it's worth stepping back, even if you don't feel it, it's worth stepping back and going, hmm,
0: what can we strip away and still have what we love about this? So Michelangelo, the the artist, um, he was a sculptor and one of the things that he talked about was the way he thought of sculpture was the, the, the image was trapped in the block of marble. Wow, and your yeah, job right. as the artist was to free it. Right. Um, and I think design has a, has a lot of that qual- meaning that like a lot of what you're trying to do is find a cool thing and then keep chipping away to get just to the core of what that cool thing is. Um, right. And then sometimes you need to start with a lot because you, you, you need to make sure you, you have enough that you're capturing it. So that you like okay, something cool is here. Now we got to chip away and figure out what's the cool part and chip away the, the the not cool part that doesn't need to be there. Right. Yeah, that's a great
1: point. Right. Is in the beginning, don't worry about having too much, knowing you're going to chip away later. Right. But first, you basically you need to learn. Right. You need to play with some stuff, even if you're pretty sure they're a bad idea. Find out what's going on, and then as you go, chip away. Yeah.
0: Well, and and find the cool thing. Like the, the thing I yeah. would say is in especially in early design is. I want you to have fun playing it. If it right. if it's complicated, we like complexity we can work on, logistics we can work on, fun, like it has to be fun. Are you enjoying it? Is it is it cool? Is it flavorful? Like that's the part we right. need to find first. We can there's a lot of things we can fix, but but adding fun is a lot harder than uh like shaving complexity or something. Right. And you know, and honestly, I feel like we got
1: there accidentally with some other ideas, right? When you have a really good idea that's simple, you kind of naturally get to that space where you don't have too much complexity, too much superfluous stuff going on. Zendikar, though, is definitely the best example of the Michelangelo sculpture <laughs> where we did have a lot going on that we needed to chip away. Um, yeah, it was, it was a, a great set for that. And I'm glad we kept going and got to the simple and
0: still had the fun. So, okay, Quest, do you have any memory of Quest? Map maps oh, in 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 design.
1: Gosh, yes. What did we do? Did we have counters or something? I'm no, no, no. Oh, we went
0: much crazier. So oh, the early yeah, version no of it. maps was it would be a card that would list three different things on oh, it. Yes, and yes. then you would like put a marker on it to know you you've done it. And then once right. you've done the three tasks, then you got the reward.
1: Right. Um, yes. Much crazier.
0: It was much because crazier. The, yes.
1: But the vibe is cool, right? Right, and means, is a map. right in each is case, a like, map. it's
0: a map. How do you represent a map? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then what we found was, well, if we have you do the same task multiple times, it's a lot less words on the card. Like, one of the problems is, like, we had cards that, like, the editors would go, that doesn't remotely fit on a card. Right.
1: Why didn't we just use the back? There's the whole background. I
0: know. We Well, the technology, that technology didn't exist You guys yet. should do that. <laughs> you guys should
1: do that someday.
0: That's a good idea. Um, yeah, and we started much crazier, and that, that's a similar thing. It's a lot like the... The um, quests were very similar. Where we started with a really cool flavor that was really out there, that was super wordy and complex, and we kept shaving down till we got to this cleaner version. Right. Yep. Okay. Now the next one. This one you and I were very involved in. What is your memory of Allies?
1: Oh, my memory of Allies is quite clear. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in early on, I forget exactly when, but some point inside of design, I wanted to do super slippers. Do you remember sleeper slippers? Well, tell, tell the audience. The How audience doesn't no have super slivers. Uh, yeah. The, so basically, they were slivers, but also they grew as you played more slivers. Uh, so it probably wasn't balanced. I wanted something that was like, oh my gosh, I love slivers and I want to love this even more. Uh, we play tested with that for a while until we made essentially a, a massive flavor switch to the ally, which was kind of the adventurers, right? Mm. Uh, so the idea was characters that work together in a sliver ish way. But the vibe and the flavor uh, and the mechanics would be much more of a, a team traveling this Zendikar world,
0: you know, hanging on ropes off these floating islands, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, what am I missing? <laughs> well, no. So, so here's the big part uh, of the story, which you and I are very involved in, is yeah. we had some early version of them, and it wasn't quite working. And uh-huh. in development, after we design was done, in development, you and I made a mini team, which I think was you oh, and nice. I, to work on yeah. to work on them. And we came up with the idea of having different kinds of allies. Remember this? The clerics yeah. and the wizards and the fighters. Right. Um, so what we did is the fighters were ones that got bigger. That That's sort of playing into your, your super sliver idea. So the fighters got bigger as you played more. They got plus one, plus one counters. Um, right. The wizards... Uh, I think the clerics generated effects that helped you, that had uh, temporary effects that helped your team... And the okay. wizards did things to the opponent. I think is how how, how we originally. Okay. Um, and then oh, actually, actually there, there was another thing. Um, there was a fourth. Yeah. Wait, uh, there were things. There were some things that gained an ability temporarily. Um, maybe they were the, that was the rogues or something. That, so there, right. there were ones that I got whenever another ally came into play. I got an ability to end a turn. Uh, and there, there were ones that pumped the team, and there were ones that generated an effect. Uh, and I think we call those fighters, rogues, wizards, and um, Clarence. Right. And so I remember this team.
1: Oh, my gosh. I haven't thought of this in so long. I'm embarrassed so much. I forget. But uh, yeah, it was under. It was exciting. It was under threat. Uh, I am removing United it. Time, yeah. I believe it was Henry. Yeah. And Bill Rose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some powerful people. <laughs> and uh, hey, we're cutting this whole piece of the set. And so we went to a meeting where that was the kind of the conclusion almost. Is that right? Well, no, we because had a mini we team. Went, we made a mini it. team. We had multiple meetings. Yeah, basically. I a meeting and then you yeah. and I went into the room. Yeah. And were like okay, we got to save this. We got to save. We got to have something in this space. Yeah. And uh, and
0: I forget the individual designs, but yes. Well, the big thing. The, the big, big thing they liked it. The big thing we did is I think early on they all worked the same, and it just sure. no matter what you did, it just it got crazy. Like we started with slivers was always our inspiration for allies, and from the very beginning, because p- people love slivers. We're like, oh, can we do something sliverish but with a new flavor to it? Not you know not slivers. Um, and also we, we wanted to make it slivers, but a little more toned down, like slivers right. were, they always gain abilities to all the creatures all the time. And that, right. like we said, okay, let's do that. But instead when they come into play, something happens was the idea. So as you play more, something happens.
1: Right. Um,
0: and I think what we, when we turned it over, it was too much one thing. Maybe it was plus one, plus one counters or something. It is too much of one thing. And the takeaway you and I had was, Hey, let's. There's a lot of space here, let's map out the space and then we'll divide right. it up by flavor and colors. And so that way it would play very differently depending on what colors you were playing.
1: Right, and this is a, and I don't know how much you guys have changed R&D, I know it's changed a lot since I left, but this is a great example of kind of the two teams creating value together, right? Where one team is like, hey, we know why this doesn't work. And the other team, the design team is like, hey, but we know there's something valuable here and understanding the development team's concerns and then coming back with something else is a great way to get to, to better stuff. It's awesome that it worked out that time.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, it's funny, like, one of the things when, you, when we go back and look at sets, a, a lot of what it is that I I think people get very enamored of the eureka moment of, like, I was in the shower and it came to me, that you know, and right. what they miss is, and then there's, like, months and months and months of work <laughs> to right. actually make it happen. And that right. a lot of a lot of what design is, is not getting the idea. I mean, the idea is fine. There's, there's a sexiness to, to getting the idea. But sure. really, the actual hard work of design is taking an idea that might be a good idea and figuring out how to make it work. Yeah. And the, the, the story today is like, well, we started here and tried this and tried this and tried this and eventually we wheedled down to something that seems simple and obvious, although, you know, simple and obvious isn't always so simple and obvious when you haven't done it before. <laughs> simple and obvious is anything but, Yeah. Yeah, there's, a, there's an effect uh, in design, uh, in invention, they call the paperclip effect, which is when you look for a paperclip for the first time, you're like, how else would you ever attach papers? Like, it's, <laughs> it, it's such a beautiful design that's so cl- crisp and clear and simple that the idea is like, well, that wasn't much invention. Wasn't that just obvious? And like, right. no, many, many years went by before someone came up with a paperclip. Like, the, I, a really good idea seems so obvious. But it's not obvious, so someone comes up with it. And like landfall was something I'm, you know, I'm really proud that we created because it seems really obvious. And yeah. since then we've done, you know, consolation is enchantment fall, and we've like we've we've taken landfall and applied it elsewhere. But like that was a, it, it's interesting. Like it just said, what if we do this? And and right, um, it's funny looking back, like how any idea that's kind of new and different there's a little bit of resistance to like really and then like no 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 <laughs> this is this is cool um yeah totally it, it's
1: funny to look back to how many ideas do feel simple and obvious that weren't in the first few years of magic right? oh that lots, lots. yeah yeah yeah. i mean gold was early right multicolor is early yeah two uh but yeah there's tons of them that are like gonna be evergreen
0: because they're so good and yeah, yeah, there's thought of for years and years and years. I love making something that if Richard had just done an alpha, no one would have blinked, right? Right. Yes. Like Landfall yeah. had been an had alpha, no one would have blinked. You know, it just would have, you yeah. know, it it, it just, oh, that's a cool thing, you know. Um, so here's a question for you. Um yes. What other memories, I, I, we've been talking about the mechanics, but what other mm-hmm. memories do you have of either design or development? that you worked on both? Yeah. Of, like what are your, so what's pop, what
1: what's are your Zendikar stories? It's balance. It's <laughs> balanced. Right, there's a lot of contra- controversial balance stuff with landfall specifically. Uh, Lotus Cobra, what was Lotus Cobra's name originally?
0: Uh, really? what was it? It wasn't Lotus, it, w- it wasn't Lotus Cobra, yeah. So it's funny because yeah. those names are
1: often what I remember. I actually remember the correct name on this one. For some reason, what but. was Lotus Cobra?
0: Um, originally it was like an elf, or it wasn't a snake originally, it was like an elf, okay, yeah. Um right. I mean, it was probably something like yeah. landfall elf or something for the. First but, year. Yeah, but adding lotus to it was a controversial thing too because of that's a power word. But uh. Well, no, wait. So, yeah. Well, real quickly, just oh. for the audience, what happened was there was a big fight about whether to make it rare or mythic rare. Oh yes. I did not want to make it mythic rare. I wanted it to be rare, and I fought very hard to keep for it to keep, stay rare. I lost, obviously, but when it moved to mythic rare, I said, "Well, it has to have a name." So I, I'm the one that pushed. I pushed. Um, Lotus Cobra. I'm like, well, give it a power word. Make it at least it's going to be mythic. Make it sound mythic. So, so oh, I
1: yes. didn't have the I name remember, Lotus. Don't went to I remember
0: mythic. All the controversy
1: before and after the set release. Yeah. On that being mythic. Yes, you got some uh, feedback.
0: Yeah. By the way, there's <laughs> nothing more fun than fighting my hardest to keep something from happening than have and it happen, really and you. then I got to defend it to the public. <laughs> oh, there's nothing more fun than that. <laughs> when really it's it's somebody else's fault. Like, I like
1: it. Uh, that's great. Uh, yeah, so so the controversy was in the power level because you could be, obviously everybody knows this, that they played with lotus cover, you could do some really crazy stuff. But we wanted to push it, right? We wanted landfall to be really powerful. And uh, and we had Balakut, right? The red land that had landfall. So we're trying to thread the needle, get everything in a spot where we feel like we can ship it. Maybe we're on the high end, but we felt like we should, right? And I remember uh, being in the meeting that Dell does, where she puts every card up on the wall. And Dell's
0: uh, the head editor. For, for Dell oh, Del, is Del the head editor. For those who don't know who Dell is, okay.
1: Oh yes, yes, yes. And she will. Uh, she runs a meeting with as many people that have touched the sets, so that we can all say yes, this all looks correct. Nobody's got an issue with it. There's no typos or mistakes, etc. And she puts Valakut up, which is arguably you know one of the most powerful cards in the set. Right, one of the most powerful cards printed that year. And it's just one mountain short. It's saying a number one less than we meant because there's a little bit of a logic twist there. Uh, so I remember just debating this over and over and over, and we almost shipped the card. We probably would have had to ban immediately <laughs> after all that debate. Thank goodness somebody said something. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Steve Warner, I remember built that deck and had us do it, change it, and yeah. I guess it just didn't get recorded in the file. I don't remember what happened, but uh, but yeah, we uh, development side, I think we did a good job of we got to make sure this is flashy, right? Because a lot of what was still resonating through the um resistance to landfall was it just doesn't on its surface sound very fun so i think the correct solution is okay well what are the outputs then for the people that do need that you know splashy card right and uh is it what is the yeah anyways i forget the names of some of the cards but the the green rare that made the giant tokens right is a great example of how crazy that can get with You know, cards like Harrow or Sacklands where you're getting multiple land plays per turn, you just make a lethal team instantly, super fun. Um, Yeah, obviously Valakut, right? These cards that really put it in space, there's a good lesson there, right? You can can make the outputs exciting enough. If you have a good, fun mechanic, you can make the outputs exciting enough that you still have the splash, even if the inherent mechanic doesn't sound to some number of, you know, maybe spikes or high-level people uh, as exciting as, you know... Other, other themes that are done, like
0: two-sided cards or whatever. The, the other thing for the audience to understand is um, we know the audience is going to play with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Magic is, is a, a enough established game that, like, it's not like someone's playing Magic for 10 years and a second and going, ah, I'm just not going to play with it. They're going to play with it. So if we make something we know is fun, that, that we know might not at first blush look as fun as it is, we don't want to make a whole set of that. We'll, we'll surround it with other stuff. But, but I mean, we're willing to put something out that we, we, believe, we believe in, even though it might not at first blush seem as cool as, as it actually is, as fun as it actually is. Right. And, and I remember because of
1: that, Aaron had cards he wanted to add at the end to make sure we got that, you know, first spoiler read splash, if you remember those. But yeah. Yeah. The, the,
0: the other thing that I should stress is at every level to, from, from the beginning of Zendikar to the Zendikar coming out, upper management was worried about it. They were worried yeah. the, the whole time they were worried about it. And, and like, we just kept, like, for example, I remember when Brady made the suggestion for the four lands. Now, I put the four lands in all the unsets. I was I was a big advocate of the four lands. And, like, Brady said, well, what if we, we could we'd never done them before in, in a, you know, Blackboard product. And right. Brady's like, well, what if we put them here? That would make, you know, lands matter. That makes lands matter. And I'm like, yes, okay. let's do that. And everybody's like, okay. You know, and we just kept piling things on. We wanted to make sure that it was fun and exciting. And, the thing I always remember is I was in Bill's office, um, and like Zendikar come out. It was like a couple of months after Zendikar come out, and Bill says, "So when are we going back to Zendikar?" I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, say that again, Bill. What? Say that again, Bill. So, right. Um, to get Bill from I don't know if we should do it to when are we going back felt like yeah quite quite that quite the climb. So- so, I,
1: yeah, I'm wondering from your perspective. So I left uh, the following year. So I wasn't at Wizards when Zendikar launched. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to, you know, have the, the cake at the party, the Zendikar party. But uh, uh, I'm curious how you guys look back on it now because I love talking about this, just kind of the pivotal sets, right? Mirage is one, right? Invasion is
0: one. Uh, original Ravnica is one. Yeah. Um, is Zendikar viewed that way inside of R&D? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Awesome. Yeah, and I mean, awesome. I... I think Zendikar, I mean, you can kind of tell, for example, the, the three sort of big um, modern era sets, if you will, are uh-huh. Zendikar, Innistrad, and Ravnica. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, as far as, I guess, I mean, there's newer stuff that's definitely influencing the future. So the last couple of years, there's some very influential sets. But if you talk about things, the fact that we've gone back to, to all three of those worlds uh, two times yeah. now, sure. uh, or Innistrad's coming, but the, you know, the, the fact that we've returned oh. to them multiple mm-hmm. times uh, they, the, the audience knows that. It's not a surprise. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the, but anyway, the, that really shows that they were very fundamental. I mean, not just that they were yeah. popular with the public, but they were, there's something very core about them. Um, right. I think that, that Zendikar and Innistrad and Ravnica all really had done something we hadn't done in a way that really showed we could do sets like this moving forward. Yeah, Innistrad's one
1: of my favorite sets
0: of all time, and I got to experience that as a player. Which it's one?
1: Wonderful. Did Innistrad did influence kind of going to the fairy tale thing?
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Ravnica- okay. uh, Eldrin would not exist had industry had not been yeah. popular. So, yeah. I mean, the, right. like I said, we'll, we'll do the podcast where we talk about the influential <laughs> stuff. But Let's, <laughs> let's stick with Zendikar. Um, I, I'm almost to my desk. We need a, we need to wrap up. Okay. Um, I mean, looking back on Zendikar, that my memory of Zendikar was I'd wanted to do it for so long. You, you said four years, but four years was not actually correct. the The way it originally happened was. Um, Randy Bueller, back when he was my boss, had me make a five-year plan, which turned into a six-year plan, which then turned into a seven-year plan because I added Zendikar at the end of it. Like, like, like here's the plan. And, like, uh-huh. Randy's like, okay, well, at the end of this plan, we'll, I know you want to do this thing. We'll stick at the end of the plan. And I think maybe Randy was like, well, if I put it at the end, maybe it keeps going to the end. We'll never get there. I don't know. Nice, but, uh-huh. but anyway, eventually we got there. Somehow we got there, and Randy's like, okay, we're here. Uh, and Randy did it. Like, Randy was a defender of it. Like, he he had... He Randy did believe that. Hey, we should do experimental stuff, and every once right. in a while, let Mark do something. You know, right. uh, you know. Turin, I remember yeah. was also
1: into
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, Turin, Turin was the one. Yep. The one like real champion uh, other than me of, <laughs> yes. of Zendikar. Um right. uh, He 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 saw, in my mind. He saw it could be a fast environment that he would enjoy. <laughs> yeah, and I just saw it as an opportunity to make fun of you. Sorry, but, I should have uh, been a believer. But it, I mean, right. but you, you were, you, you became a believer. You were not a believer in the beginning, oh, yeah. but you became a believer. Oh, yeah. so, um, awesome. so when did you make that plan? Is that like 2004, 2005 or? I mean, it was a seven year plan and the seventh year was Zendikar. So, so and, and, and I mean, yeah. and plus we had, we worked two years ahead. So I think mean, it's like nine years before Zendikar came up probably. So, oh, okay. um, so before I even started working in Wizards. Maybe. Yes, okay. I think so. Got so, it. um, <laughs> you didn't, you weren't there yet to make fun of me, um, but it is yeah, by the way, I will hurt. say it is uh another quick story before we go, is for a while I was calling it Lanzapalooza. Do you remember this? Yes. Yes. And uh, somebody came it was a bill or somebody came to me and said, Okay, we, we need a better name. This is not inspiring, like everybody's already worried that you're <laughs> focusing on lands, that everybody is worried about it. Um, and so I, I started calling it the money set. <laughs> <laughs> I said, people are going to love it and, and everyone will want it. So I, I said, I'm calling it the money set. And then Bill goes, oh, well, great. That, that's better than Lanja Palooza. <laughs> that's great. You're going to make money. So no. anyway, um but it is fun. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for going on this journey. um it is, one of the things that the audience doesn't I don't know necessarily is I've been doing these podcasts where I have people on and talk about it, and I have a lot of fun. So these are these are as much fun for me to do as it is for the audience to listen to. Because Yeah, this is super fun. Thanks for inviting me on, Mark. I, I love sitting and reminiscing with, 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 with friends about stuff we worked on, so it's fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but I am yeah. at my desk, so we all know what that means. This is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So thank you for being here, Matt. This was a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you. And guys, I will see all of you next time.
1: Bye-bye.